1: So, industrial action by the nurses having a knock-on effect. How is it impacting on you? Do let us know if you're affected. 028 90 three 105. Are you just taking it on the chin saying, well, that's the way it is. Something needs to be done and I'm prepared to have uh, my outpatient appointment uh, cancelled today for the greater good. Or are you absolutely frustrated with the whole situation? Pat- patients, of course, are facing uh, delays and frustration with the thousands of cancellations. I want to speak to uh, Seanine Graham who's the health correspondent with the Irish News. Good morning Seanine. Morning. I, I would imagine some people at this moment in time will be thinking my goodness me of this day of all days or are people basically accepting that this is the way it has to be. It's going to have a, a quite an impact today.
2: Well, today is the first, um, well, tomorrow, sorry, is the first day of at the Royal College of Nurses, who you referenced there, but there has been escalated action by Unison, which is the tradition representing the majority of healthcare workers. But tomorrow things will begin, uh, but remember it's December 18th, which is uh, the, the big day, the, the all-out strike day by by the, the Royal College of Nursing. But I think it's interesting, the development uh, over the last uh, 72 hours. Um, the announcement by the Belfast Trust came by a press release was 26 minutes past 4 uh, on Friday and, uh, you know, widespread disruption. She said 10,000 um, uh, cancellations relating to outpatient appointments that's day, and day case procedures and also some planned surgeries. And um, there, what really struck me in, in, in that release was that patients were told not uh not 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 to call it, they will the trust they said they've assured them they would be in touch as soon as possible then uh on saturday that that that's that some patients would be seen. but regardless, it will have a significant impact this th- th- this week uh you also said at the, the top of the program, the nurses their absolutely furious response, and that um they they put out a statement late Friday night in response to the trust, the Belfast Trust. The Southeastern Trust also, as you know, have some cancellations, but not on the scale in Belfast. As everyone knows, is where all the regional specialties are based, where people from across the north will, will, will go to Belfast for for, for, for for particular special specialties. But the, the nursing union, I you know, they've spoken this morning as well, uh, Pat Cullen, their chief, and they feel there's absolutely no need for this uh, this level of disruption in that their members they say will continue to provide care, it's work to rule, it's industrial action theirs is beginning uh, tomorrow um, and they feel that this is a very radical dis- decision they, they don't, they're asking the department for the rationale and the Belfast trust for the rationale behind it and um, they, they don't see that it should be the services should be disrupted at the level they are, but nonetheless for the patient they will be
1: yeah, I probably should have said this week of all weeks as opposed to day of all days when I was conversationally introducing you there, uh, Seanine. Just give us the breakdown of how it impacts during the course of this next few days.
2: Well, tom- if tomorrow is the first day um, by the Royal College of Nursing, which is a trade union that represents most of the, the nurses here. So they will begin uh, their industrial action tomorrow, which means that their nurses will still work and provide patient care, but they won't be doing those extra duties like working through their lunch hour, doing extra paperwork, doing portering duties. So, But they will provide patient care and they've been very explicit in that. Um, but because it's the nurses that Basically they make up 40, uh, 40% of our healthcare workforce, they're essential to the running of the entire system without them, things don't, th- th- things don't run smoothly. without them going that extra mile, and that's, that's what this dispute is about, they say they're overworked, they're not paid for it, they're ter- you know, their terms and conditions are not good, uh, that's their argument, uh, that um, th- 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 the trusts are saying well, we, 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 we cannot provide these services.
1: And the other staff who are taking action today, what are they doing?
2: Well, Unison, so they have they they began last week, so it's they will continue, and for the moment they have uh, it's kind of those in sterile uh, services. So that's those um, staff we spoke to some of them last week who are, are again key, who are involved in the decontamination. Of um, uh, you know sterile diagnostic equipment such endoscopy for example they prepare all the scopes transport services that that was last week this week they, they, I think it's very very phased um, in terms they'll be targeting different workers again but it is it's because the two unions are coming together so you have the the trade union Unison which represents the majority of healthcare workers so they still also include nurses but it's right through to uh, say the the the, the porter the the occupational therapists, the community staff, the paramedics, um, them alongside the trade union that represents the majority of nursing staff. As I say, they've never taken this action before. The Royal College of Nurses has been here for over 103 years. Um, when the two come together, that's when uh, the difficulties arise. But the trade unions are being incredibly vocal, uh, both Patricia McEwan Unison, Pat Cullen, the head of the RCN. They feel that the health service should not be cancelling at the scale they are, because their staff will be in place albeit on a work-to-rule
1: basis. Well, that, that, that's one of the, the big questions, isn't it? Because the, the RCN saying that the, the staff will be there, but we're already aware that there are significant problems in delivering the duties within the health service. So if they're on a work-to-rule, would you not be taking... A risk with patients by encouraging them encouraging them to go along to an appointment is it not is it not a better way to look after patients to actually cancel the appointment?
2: The the Belfast Trust, their chief executive Martin Dillon, I heard him speak earlier, and he'd said that patient safety is paramount. To the 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 nursing union, I also heard Pat Collins speak earlier and say she put out a very detailed statement on Friday evening, saying that they believe their nurses will be there to perform their central duties, their patient care duties. So they feel that they should go ahead. It's uh, you know, 10,000 appointments. It is It's pretty extraordinary over the course of the next few days. And I suppose for those patients as well, how this has been communicated, for this to go out late, uh, you know, it's on the tea time news on Friday evening, Patients are told, do not ring, Um, you you know, wait and we'll contact you, Uh, go online. I heard the Chief Executive of the Belfast Trust said this morning. So, you know, what what about those elderly patients that don't have access and maybe have never used a computer before? I suppose how this has been communicated as well. But for, for, for the patients themselves, it is, you know, a worrying time, I suppose, for those that have made it maybe... You all know the waiting list situation. Some people are waiting two years, three years for their first outpatient appointment with a consultant. And they'll be thinking, what happens now? Am I, you know push back another month, another six months. So there's so much uncertainty around this, and from a communication point of view, for the patient, um, when we have such conflicting messages from a union, then the trust, and then, of course, the department, they uh, issued a statement again on Friday saying, you know, we ask you to pause, we ask you to reconsider But the the trade unions are saying, well, appointments are already being cancelled. We know that 300,000 people are now in the waiting list for their first outpatient appointment. We know that people are waiting on on trolleys and A&Es for well in excess of uh, over 12 hours in some cases. So that's already happening. They feel this is going to continue. So they must take this very, very radical action. But I think December 18th is a key day.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at the Health and Social Care Board statement where they're saying uh, there's been some disruption to health and social care services across Northern Ireland uh, as a result of industrial action in relation to pay and staffing levels by uh, Unison. We currently anticipate significant disruption to services uh, from Monday, the 2nd of December, which is, of course, today. Further action planned by Unison next week. I
2: think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's important to point, important to point. I uh, just for people listening that some services will go ahead today, and that that should really be flagged up. So those patients attending for chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Yeah, but this is this um, is this is the, this is the thing
1: that I, I just want to be, get clear with you. Uh, so it's absolutely one hundred percent clear for people who are listening. the 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 cancellations. The suggestion is that the the the, the cancellations from what you're saying impact more tomorrow as opposed to today.
2: Well across well Belfast are going from today There, so it's uh, I think Wednesday is the day in Belfast where things will go ahead as normal um, so people should turn up but So there are cancellations today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. tomorrow, as I say, the nurses, the, the the union is saying that, uh, you know, the, the Royal College of Mission, they're starting and there's tomorrow. Um, so, they, but they there have been cancellations right across the Southeastern Trust are on a smaller scale, but by and large, the bulk of the cancellations are this week in in, in, in the Belfast Trust.
1: Yeah, so there's, it's, there's, an, there's an impact over the next few days and yeah. this is all linked to the industrial action that is being taken and the RCN feel that those who are cancelling the outpatients appointments are taking a bit of a sledgehammer to crack a nut. It, it does ring off a, a, a massive breakdown in communication between the employer and the employee here. Or the or the unions representing the employee.
2: Well, I, I think that's clear. From the, it's, it's really um, got very fractious between and in terms of publicly what the, the trade unions are saying, and even and the tone of the the language being used in the uh, the press statements put out by the Belfast Trust and the Department of Health very emotive language being used on, on both sides. So, you know, the stress, the devastation, is calling, they're, they're, both, they're both using language like that. But I don't think either side is backing down, That that is the issue. Um, you know, I think the public's mind they they thought that this is really it's going to be be averted at the 11th hour I genuinely don't think patients thought this would go ahead and then to have this news put out on a Friday night that last Friday night that you're going to have this wide scale cancellations, Saturday that shifts that they're still wide scale but some will be seen, for example women attending antenatal appointments, um, there will be provision for them, uh, children Oncology services, but by and large, yes, the, 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 there will be an impact. You know, throughout this week on different days, um, but the for, for, for the, the the clash between—I've never seen anything like it in terms of the the either side not backing down. Usually, you know, the, there's some sort of agreement, or it doesn't get to this point. But also. I think it has to be taken into consideration that there are cancellations every year at this time and the trade unions have said, well, you know, is all of this our doing? Or, you know, we'd heard last week that there were uh, lots of planned elective surgeries, which does happen every single year in our health service and it's just become part of it now because of winter pressures. It shouldn't happen. It's not acceptable, but it does. So the trade unions, they've in—they they said this almost, seen this is being used in, um, by the health health service, the health service, they dismiss that, the the, the trust and the department saying no, they're linking it directly to the industrial action the the cancellation of all these appointments and day case procedures and
1: some planned surgeries as well In the meantime there's the argument about whether or not the money is available. The RCN believe the money could be found and this could be resolved. Uh, Those who have to sign off the money say the money is not available. Could it be resolved by increasing the salaries of those who want an increase in wages?
2: Well, as you know, the, the payoff for it was 2.1% increase, the, which is around, um, uh, they, the, the union say they want a 4% increase. Um, we have a budget, an annual budget and health service of over $5 billion a year and the department have insisted its, cheap, it's uh, top civil servant is Richard Pingeli, the most powerful person in our health service in the absence of a minister, but he says it's twofold. They, sim- they simply don't have the money because of the demands in the service. And also he, he accepted that it's not the payoff the the nurses wanted. He says, but he doesn't have the authority because he's not a minister to increase that. To, 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 to the four percent. So um, I think it's around 50 million that equates to this year's health service budget, the 2.1, to increase it to what the, the nurses want, would would cost 100, meet up on top of that figure.
1: And one final point, Seanine, if you haven't heard that your appointment is cancelled, you should attend as normal. I presume that is the advice.
2: Well, I listened again this morning and they said, you know, if you go on to our website, look at what, you know, the areas um, for the individual patients, they've been told not to turn up unless they're um, they listed the days, uh, you know, there are, there are different days. There are some exceptions, but I don't know what system they have in place in terms of informing people. Have they informed them over the weekend? I don't know. But for the moment, people are being told to go online. And look at uh, the the hospitals, the areas that are affected. As I mentioned, there there, there are exceptions um, to to that. So they we we won't really know the outcome of this until we start hearing from patients, which I'm sure we will be hearing from patients over the over the next over the next few days. Um, but. I think in communication
1: is an issue here. It certainly sounds as if it is, uh, Shaanine. Thank you very much indeed, Shaanine Graham from the uh, Irish News, the health correspondent. Thank you, uh, thank you. Um, are, are you a patient who's worrying about whether or not you have an appointment that's going to be met today or tomorrow, or has it been clearly cancelled, or have you looked it up and you're not sure? Or are you in a position where you're going along anyway because you're just hearing about this for the first time? Or have you had a discussion with someone who absolutely knows what's happening and they've given you a 100% guarantee that it's not on today or tomorrow, but it will be addressed sometime in the future? If you can give us a stare on that... By all means, let us know. Oh two eight nine zero treble three one zero five. three one zero five. Are you one of the affected patients who's in the dark, or maybe absolutely in the bright, in the clear, totally informed and uh, well up to date? Oh two eight nine zero treble three one zero five. Let me speak to uh, Connor McCarthy from Unison. Connor, good morning.
3: Good morning, Frank.
1: Connor, remind us why you're on a picket line this morning.
3: Oh, Frank, I'd say Unison are, are having our... Uh, uh, our strike began on the 25th of this month, as you know, and uh, the day is uh, quite a busy day. There's a lot of workers out today, um, all day, right through tonight. Porters, um, caterers, uh, cleaners, uh, security staff, car park staff, x-ray staff, and the list goes on, and it'll only... Intensify as the weeks, as the days and weeks go on. Hopefully, it doesn't have to happen. However, you know it's up; it's in the department's hands, and we're hoping that the department sees sense and start to fight for us instead of uh, fighting fighting with us.
1: And the the RCN their strike action kicking in tomorrow. Do 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 you understand the ten thousand cancellations?
3: Yeah, I mean, as I say, the Trust have done uh, what they felt was necessary in regards to the interest of patient safety, and that was their call. You know, I think the Trust will speak for themselves in that matter. but however, yes, tomorrow is a, is a, a work-to-rule day with them completing an overtime bond at this large bond and bank bond. Well, Unison are um, doing that as well, and that will commence from midnight tonight, one um, minute past. So as I say, there's a there's a huge amount of activity going on, and it's certain certainly we don't take no we'll join us at all. our um, members are very enthusiastic about um, starting in the picking lanes and coming out uh, losing and, and losing pay as well. It's not an easy thing to do, particularly this time of year. But Frank, people have to understand it, it's at the end of this year there'll be an odd pay deal, and it'll leave Northern Ireland health workers even further behind their counterparts across in England. And it's completely unacceptable, and it, it really is. And people have just had enough. There's a lot of reform going on in our health service and at the centre that reform is workers driving that reform and you can't change anything in the health service if you've got a demoralised workforce and you've got a workforce that are completely
1: undervalued. Do you believe that the patients, those who are impacted upon those who are listening to the programme at the moment, that they will be, if you excuse the pun, patient with you Mm -hmm. or will they get frustrated when they go through a few days like today and tomorrow?
3: Well, I say I had members of my own family affected, and as I say, there's many of the people in the picking lanes here have been saying this morning. There's some of their family members affected. The vast majority, and we've been getting huge support from members of the public, um, not only this morning but also through Facebook, social media, and all the rest. And the patients, even in the wards now, are, are fully behind us. Everyone understands the need to have a good funded, functional health service, and the health care workers to be paid uh, the same as everyone else. So, but I'm sure, yes, there'll be patients out there. They'll be unhappy about this, and and we obviously we apologise. it's something we don't feel comfortable with. But this this needs to be done.
1: But do people know whether or not their appointment is happening today? Can they can they be sure, or mm. do they have to search websites to find find well, the information out?
3: Well, the best of my knowledge, the Trust have been very comprehensive in their communication, as in online. And, and I know as well a lot of the people who may be coming in, particularly some elderly people and people um, with some issues around IT, may not always have access to look online and look in. And, and, but I think there's telephone numbers there as well. And I think the Trust have done their best to contact people to let them know that their appointments have been cancelled. But I think they'd be best answering those questions than, than me,
1: really. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, are there, are there people who are putting on their coat to leave now to go to an appointment that definitely isn't happening? Or are there people who are thinking, gosh, I, mine, mine is mine is on, I'm listening to this on the radio, maybe I shouldn't bother going. Is, is there a sense of confusion out there among the customer, the patients? Uh,
3: well, Frank, the only thing I can say is in regards to, as I say, the messages to us, the union in unison. Um, a lot of people, members of the public and patients, are just throwing their full weight behind us. Um, I don't we haven't gotten no reports in regards to ourselves as a union. People saying, you know, they're unhappy about um, what's going on and criticising the union for it.
1: Yeah, but I'm just concerned about someone who's going to turn up for something today that isn't happening, and I'm even even more concerned for someone who decides now, from listening to all of us talking, not to go when they should go to a very important appointment that will be happening.
3: Well, I'd say, Frank, I'm not in a position to answer that. I think the trusts are much more um, capable of answering that based on where the patient's going. Um, whether the, you know, whatever, it will depend on the, the outpatient appointment or whatever appointment the patient has at hospital, whether it's opened or not. I think they should phone in, and maybe, I don't know, phone in advance, maybe, but I think the, the trust would be best. The address that much than I would
1: certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, get online if you have the ability to get online and uh, follow the advice there and check to see uh, whether or not you are affected. Let's hope you've already had a telephone call from someone or maybe a letter in the post uh, about to arrive on your on your doormat this morning. Because I know this was all uh, very late on Friday that people were hearing about these mm. uh, can- cancellations. Um, <laughs> Connor, this has been rumbling on for, for some time. Do you have any yeah. sense of it coming to a head? It being, it, it being concluded because we don't have a government. We have civil servants trying mm-hmm. to run the country mm-hmm. and we have people yep. who, as you say, are dem- demoralized. What, what do you see over the next number of days?
3: Well, Frank, as you know, our politicians are getting into a, sack, uh, a round of paid, a round of discussions, on around sixteenth uh, of this month, up in Stormont again. And we, um, I like to send a message out to them, and I think it's coming from our own membership as well that they need to put party politics aside and actually address the needs of this country, and, and and to talk about the real issues that are affecting people. We've got welfare mitigation coming up. We've got pay party in the health service. We've got big issues in education, and they need to put that first and centre, but. But the reality is, um, uh, this can't go on. Uh, our members have taken a very hard decision. Our members are out here losing money in, in regards to taking strike action because they feel personally about funding for the health service. So it's not just about pay parity. It, it, that's the objective as a dispute. But however, all of the members out in this pick and lane are saying the same thing. They want to take back some democratic control over structures. I mean, there's a lot of money being spent in our health service now, and it's, and it's not being democratic there's no democratic oversight of that spending and where it's going because we don't have a government but the fact of the matter is the gap between um, healthcare workers in here and England is getting bigger and bigger as the months and weeks go on and this cannot continue because it's leading to a massive recruitment and retention issue and if we can't recruit and we can't retain staff then it has a really adverse impact on on patient waiting lists
1: Connor uh, McCarthy from Unison, uh, thank you for your analysis of it from the picket line this morning. O two eight nine zero treble three one zero five o double seven double six one zero five one zero five. Bob's got a point that he wants to make. Good morning, Bob. morning, Frank. Good morning, Frank. Yes, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead.
4: Hi. Frank, I have a, an appointment this morning up in the Royal. I have an appointment with the um, uh, uh, intensive care unit. That's not the intensive care unit; it's
1: the. Uh, well, you don't have to give me a full detail of your of your medical history, Bob. But just you've you've got an appointment at the Royal, and what are what, what what's your plan? What what are you doing? What what have you heard?
4: I tried the phone this morning. I've heard on Friday about this on the internet, and I. tried the phone this morning, couldn't get through. Now, the nurse is doing the blood test for me that I need quite urgently is, uh, has agreed to do it this morning, but she told me there'd be nobody there, no porters, nobody uh, doing any ancillary work. I'm driving up now. I was intending to go up in the train, uh, and uh, bus to the hospital. and now having to drive up quite late for my appointment at 10 o'clock. Not sure whether I'm going to get into the, the car park. Uh, what's going to happen when I get to the hospital now? The nurse has agreed to do the test. That's fine. I'm quite happy with that. But it is an important test that I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to get. It had already been cancelled from October and rescheduled to this month.
1: And how did you find out, Bob, from the nurse? Did you make contact or did they ring you? Did they email you? How did you know to make the move to go to the Royal this morning?
5: I tried
4: ringing the hospital this morning at uh, just after 8 o'clock and couldn't get through to anybody. The phone just went dead when they put me through to the apartment. Shortly after that, I did get a phone call from the nurse to say that my appointment was cancelled and it would be rescheduled to sometime in January or February. Uh, I need this appointment done. It's already been cancelled from October, so I needed it done now. It's blood tests, important blood tests I have to have done. And, uh, She did phone me and uh, wanted to reschedule but eventually she agreed to do the test this morning, more power to her, uh, she's a great nurse and uh, that's it, that's why I'm heading up there in the car, I don't know whether I'm going to get into the car park or not, whether I'm going to have to go through picket lines or or whatever, you know.
1: Are you happy enough to go through picket lines?
4: Uh, It's my health concerned, yes, I certainly am
1: yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so because that is the most important thing that your health is better than that it is at this present moment because you're you're worried and you're concerned about it. it It seems to be a situation where you're under additional pressure because you're trying to carry through something that's vital for your health and well-being.
4: Well, it certainly is. The, the particular condition I have, I like guess, can be stress-related,
6: and a bit more
1: stress does not help at all. Yeah, I can well and truly understand it. But uh, Bob, you did become proactive this morning. You made the you made the phone call. Would you have got any individual contact from the hospital if you hadn't made that phone call this morning?
4: Well, I think we were, our phone calls crossed. I was trying to phone the nurse. Uh, I'm not getting anywhere, and uh, she did phone me. I must admit, and I uh, give her all due credit, she did phone me and tell me, that my appointment was likely to be cancelled uh, unless I was feeling particularly
1: unwell. Okay, okay. So they were making an effort to to cancel it and to communicate with you, and that is important. Uh, Bob, thank you very much. I do hope that it all goes very well for you and it is uh, as smooth as can be. But the last thing you need is additional pressure. But there's no getting away from the fact that anyone who is waiting for an appointment will be under additional pressure this morning because going to a hospital appointment is always a challenge, always a difficult thing. And when you're going there and you're seeing picket lines and you're listening to people who are talking about industrial action and you're seeing those who are about to go out uh, on strike, it doesn't do anything to make you feel any better. 02890-333-105, uh, 105 How well informed were you about today? And where does your sympathy lie? Uh, do let us know. three one zero five. Some of you saying it's not unusual to get your appointment cancelled by a telephone call as opposed to a letter. Quite a few of you uh, remarking on that. Uh, down through the years you have examples of it. And there's one gentleman giving his example of his child's appointment being cancelled last Sunday afternoon for Monday morning. But a number of you are saying that they will be cancelled by a telephone call. A texter saying, how dare they neglect the patients? This one says, my appointment at the Antrim Hospital is going ahead today, says Pamela. Um, How do the doctors work alongside these nurses who are yearning, says this texter. Um, Are they ready for deaths among the patients? Are they ready for the pain and suffering they're going to cause. Some people here have no sympathy at all for the nurses. Um, This one says they should now stay out of their jobs and not be allowed back due to negligence. New staff should be recruited. Uh, Here's one. What if everyone who is groaning looking for more money went on strike? Uh, What would we be doing? How would the country continue? And uh, just one after the other there in terms of of criticism. Maybe a group of people have got together to criticise the nurses Versus i i i do not i do not know um oh two eight nine oh treble three one oh five oh double seven double six one oh five one oh five frank i am in recovery from bladder cancer with terrible uh, post op complications resulting in five months in hospital uh, from back in two thousand and seventeen i was a uh, Indeed, I, 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 I learn to do things myself uh, every night with the nurses coming weekly to treat me. You, you see a lot with long-term stay. They deserve a big rise in pay for what they have to do daily. They are striking as a last resort. I don't blame them at all, uh, says Cathy, uh, very much in favour of the nurses and the dilemma that they find themselves in. Uh, Sammy has a point. Good morning, Sammy. Good morning, Frank. Yes, Sally.
6: Uh, Frank, uh, I don't think the nurses should be striking because over here, there's 170,000 patients to every hospital. Over in England there's and Wales and Scotland, there's 300 to 500,000 patients per hospital. I don't think the nurses, I think the nurses in England and Wales are actually doing more than the nurses over here. Because there's more hospitals
1: here per head of population. Well, they're starting getting more money over there. That's one of the main issues. They're getting better I, paid. But, but but how much more pay?
6: If they, look, if you're only if one hospital is dealing with 170,000 patients a year, and one in England is dealing with nearly double, are they not? Enta- and there's only the same number of nurses. Are they're not entitled to a wee bit more pay over
1: in England? Yeah, but I'm I'm darn sure there are more nurses in England than there are in Northern Ireland, Sammy. You know, it's not the same number of nurses working with the same number of patients. Not
6: not, not per hospital. There's only the same number of... They may be slightly bigger, I don't know that, but there's only... You're not uh, getting what I'm trying to say.
1: Yes, but the ratio—the ratio—but so surely, yeah. Sammy, the ratio of nurses to patients will be the same in whatever hospital. There will, there will be a level that's no deemed way. to be safe for looking after patients, and that's going to be a, an established and agreed ratio there or thereabouts.
6: No, in England, there's it's nearly double the patients per nurse, so that nurse has to get a wee bit more pay than they need over here.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, 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 open, I'm open to guidance on the daily duties or nightly duties of any one particular Pacific nurse. But there's only so much that any of them can do in the field of play whenever they are working. And those in England and other parts of the UK are getting more money than the staff in, North, in Northern Ireland. But you, you don't seem to have much sympathy for those who are in Northern Ireland. No, because
6: they're not dealing with as many patients.
1: Well, we're going to go round in circles. We're going to go round in circles in that. I would, I would need someone from the Royal College of Nursing uh, to to answer that question. But I, I, would presume that there is a ratio which has to be adhered to in terms of safety. You're not going to have a nurse in Belfast looking after ten patients a day, and a nurse in Manchester looking after a hundred patients a day. It, it, it surely doesn't work as simply as simply as as that. But there is, a, there is a lack of sympathy here for uh, nurses. Um, and just uh, noticing another text that's coming up and saying, uh, how dare they strike? My mother is in hospital and she better not fall any further ill as a result of the industrial action that they're taking. In the past, when you've spoken about nurses, you have, without doubt, uh, been incredibly sympathetic towards them. And really, the industrial action hasn't really hasn't totally kicked in yet. We're just talking about it but it is beginning to impact with the cancellations and are those cancellations primarily down to the industrial action or as has been suggested is the department masking what would traditionally be winter cancellations and using the industrial action as an excuse. Some of the points that are coming to the fore. This one says, Frank, absolute disgrace some of the comments today. Support your local health care workers, says Martin. Nicole says, the ignorance of some of the texters contacting your programme, Frank. Nurses are underpaid and overworked. Take the wages from those at Stormont and give them to the nurses, says Nicole. Uh, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Frank. What's on your mind, Brian?
5: Basically just what you just said, Frank, honestly goodness, they're complaining about the nurses and this and that and that chap that you had on earlier there, the fellow that was sort of down from the from the pit face, who was right on the on the scene. He was right in saying this could be all put to bed because the nurses and I have been in the national health more uh, as a patient and the nurses in this country are second to none. Second. But we are paying a lot of people, I wouldn't call them even MPs, up in Stormont, who've been sitting for the past two years getting paid for doing the half of nothing. And I think there's anything wrong with the with the, with the uh, National Health or if, uh, God forbid, and dear forgive me for saying it, if there was a, a fatality in the hospital due to this, I would put the blame fairly and squarely at the doors of Stormont. You think the boys couldn't go on and sit down for a couple of hours and at least put some money back into national health, which it duly deserves.
1: Yeah, but, if, might be hard yeah, it. but Brian, I, you know, I, I know people will quite readily condemn our politicians when we find ourselves in the national dilemma that we're in with regards to health. But they were at Stormont year in, year out for a long time. I can't just put an exact figure on it because they were in and out of Stormont on a number of occasions. But they've been there for a long time as politicians and as politicians making progress in many fields. But health always seems to have declined. So if they were sitting there today or had been sitting there for the last six months or six years, would would we actually be in any better a place today?
5: Well, I mean, they're there to serve the people. That's the whole basis of politics. So they... Feel that they would be the right to serve the people. And if they can't see that the health of the people that they are voted and to serve is, take second or third place, then I'm afraid they
1: would need to go round the doors more than once this this election to get my vote. Yeah, but the, but 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 Brian, we've had so many think tanks, so many assessments, uh, so many reports that uh, seem to be the big, the the bright new blue sky for health, and they're all parked on uh, a, a shelf somewhere. And part of it is down to, surely part of it is down to the public where. No one's prepared to give an inch with regards to changes in their area. No one's prepared to forego a hospital, or no one's prefer- prepared to accept the changes in accident and emergency. Every time they try to make some form of move, there is an outcry. Understandably, understandably, because people are by nature selfish. They, they don't. They don't want to lose what's on their what's on their doorstep. But until they're prepared. To make changes, we're never going to resolve the issue. And the politicians, I I, I accept, I'm I'm with you on this one. They haven't got the bottle to do it because it's a vote loser to change the health service. So therefore, you have to maybe look 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 beyond it being a political issue and see it as you know, see it from another angle. Is is that possible?
5: It, it probably is, but I mean, at the end of the day, the cost is going to, what's going to happen is it's happened in the past, and probably still does today, patients, because of of uh, waiting lists and, and targets, etc., etc., are going to be sent out to private uh, private hospitals and sent across to England and sent down to, the, down to Dublin or wherever. And that's going to cost twice as much as, uh, as we're buying other you know, 20 or 30 nurses right there
1: yeah it's you know,
5: you know I'm saying that I don't know sort of pro rata what the the wage difference is between northern Ireland here on the british mainland
1: yeah but it's about it's about, know, about two I mean, to two and a half thousand pounds a year that get about two and a half grand a year more across the water
5: not sir. That's a fair wee
1: lump of change there, Frank. It is a fair wee lump of change. If you're a nurse in Scotland, you'd be on two grand more than being a nurse in Belfast. That's one of the main arguments from the unions. We're heading towards the news now. Uh, Brian, thank you.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more